Yes. Hello, Rob. Hello, John. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. A uh, little hurry to, uh, to get here this evening after the commute and then voting in our local elections and uh, getting things together. So, uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a very busy couple of weeks. Missed yeah. last week. Missed I missed last week with you. Oh, bless you. Yeah, didn't miss you at all. I haven't got much to uh, much else in, going on in my life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you trying to uh, increase what? our audience through pity? Yes. Okay, let's see if that works. What are you pouring? I'm pouring a naked lady. <laughs> oh God, I haven't had a Twickenham beer in in ages. Yeah, I quite like a naked lady. Mm, so do I. <laughs> Have you got a drink? <clears throat> no, I'm Last twirling my moustache. Uh, I've got a glass of wine, yes. I'm off the beer, although I did have beer at the weekend, but it was allowed. Well, it's always allowed. Do you want to uh, introduce the show? Yes. Welcome to North v South. This is the podcast about, but not about design. This is episode 78. Uh, I'm Rob Turpin, and John Elliman is at the other end of the ether. Hello, Net. <laughs> or are you wireless? <clears throat> yeah. I'm physically wired in. Are you? Yes, I yeah. am actually. Wireless is rubbish. Uh, I had to do had to do a meeting today with about seven people, all of, all of horrific. whom were fidget, fidgeting insanely. I was being my feed was being fed in through a television, and they were uh, basing their uh, their opinion on the colours that I was presenting. Oh my word! On, uh, a wireless connection, two wireless connections to a television and feeding that through some meetings app. Were you sharing your screen or just were they just going through a presentation at the same time as you were speaking? I was sharing my screen. Oh, did you I have know. to tie to your desktop? No, 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 it was just the, um, it was just the, the screen on my computer, not uh. a video link, but um, I don't normally do that. I don't like doing that, but they, no. uh, they surprised me this morning with a, Oh, we're having a meeting at two o'clock. Would you like to present to the entire board? <laughs> As they oh, love to do. Dear God. Yeah. The fear of God into me, that one would. Yeah. How did it go? Oh, it was, yeah, it was fine. I've got this deadline and it is ridiculous. It is a ridiculous deadline that I've set myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, I haven't set myself. But I was going to say, you've only got yourself to blame if you set it. No, I, d- I yeah, I d- I forget how long it takes to build websites. Uh, you know, I don't build them all the time. So one, I'm really slow at them. And two, uh, by the time I get to the next one, I've forgotten. I think it's a bit like having children, isn't it? That the only oh, reason know. people have more than one child oh, they forget is, how is because they've forgotten how bloody awful it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not that having children isn't a pleasure, but yeah, the actual, course. the first six months is uh, fairly bunker inducing. So, Yes. Uh, episode 78. Uh, we've made a few improvements, Rob. Yes. Tell us all about them, John. Well, we've moved platforms from SoundCloud, which is, um, we'll mention uh, Flickr a little bit later, but to me, it seems like it's going the same way. Mm. Zero development in the year or year and a half we've been on it. Um, and it hasn't really done wonders for our membership. It's all just spam on, on it, isn't it? So uh, Yes. 
we've moved to a new a, a, a newish platform called Fireside, which is kind of all encompassing. Uh, it's made by a chap called Dan Benjamin, and if you listen to podcasts, you will have heard of him because he's got quite a large network of podcast shows under five by five, I think they're called. Okay, yeah. So our site is powered on that on the back of his kind of network. He uses, cool. I think he's using the same kind of tools. Um, and it's really rather good. Um, it imported all the shows automatically. Um, and we've now got a place that we can do show notes, Rob. So you actually at last have something to do. Yes. Yes. I know. I understand John, that you've been bearing most of the burden of, uh, the podcast. Um, so yes, show notes coming soon. You heard it here. Second. But yeah, so that's that's been um, that's been fun, and uh, it's got really good stats on it. So um, even the even the views from Guam have come across wonderful. But it seems to be a lot more accurate. And uh, so thank you to the five hundred people that have listened to the podcast in the last couple of weeks. Brilliant! That's quite good. It is, isn't it? Yeah, really pleased with that. Um, and again, thank you to uh, Daniel Benoith Gray. A, lot, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was a real. I listened to it again today, actually, because um, I was just catching up on things, and uh, it really is a good show. Yeah, I really enjoyed a good it. episode. Sorry. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I enjoyed listening back to it as well. I'm just continuing to make notes as uh, as we go. <laughs> hmm. I can see three point right. perspective. Yes. Talk about that. Uh, yes. What's on your desk? Ah, what is on my desk? There are two tickets, one for you and one for me. What? Uh, I got a package from Pie Minister. Oh. Uh, so complaining really does work. Uh, after the show uh, two weeks ago that I had the most awful pie, I think I gave it two points. You did. Um, I bit into a large stone, which I worked out from the ingredients was, I think it's a prune stone. Mm. Quite a hefty bit of uh, yeah. bit of hardware to have in your, in your pie. And... Um, Anyway, they got in touch with me and um, I said I didn't really want to. They asked, you know, they were obviously horrified, but I really wasn't that bothered about taking any further. But they very kindly sent me two uh, complimentary classic pie meals, which is great because I live in the middle of nowhere. So the nearest pie minister <laughs> restaurant is London. Uh-huh. Uh, that gives us an excuse to go and have a pie. So some pubs. Sort of- Do they take them? Well, I guess they 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 trade on the fact that they're a pie minister pie pub, do they? No, they've actually got their own restaurants. Ah, yeah, cool. I guess they're in stations and places like that. It's yeah. going to be like going to a Ginsters, isn't it? <laughs> well, that'll be a nice uh, a nice field trip for us, John. Yeah, well, we've got until the twenty sixth of uh, July to to try those. Marvelous. Um, also on my desk. Oh yeah, I got. I had another one, another moaning. Um, I've been moaning on the podcast about Creative Review not working. Yes. And how about this for the power of uh, our amazing fan base? Uh, I had an email from Patrick Burgoyne. Burgoyne? The um, Patrick Burgoyne. Yeah. Uh, the editor of Creative Review asking uh, if I wanted his help and um, he sorted me out with my login. And uh, and they've given me six months free subscription <laughs> for my uh, inconvenience. How fantastic! So I have to say, I love Creative Review, <laughs> and I read it every <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> what can I complain about this one? I know. Well, I'd like to. Uh, can I make another complaint? Yeah. Another another lightning cable has bitten the dust. Uh, what is it about? Do you their buy cables? Apple ones or no. do you buy cheap ones? 
Um, well, the, all the Apple ones broke broke that I've got. Yeah, I, I buy Anchor ones. Um, okay, and I'm on I'm on their brand new design, which is kind of a braided cotton jobby. Yeah, um, I buy Native Union. Right, they're the ones that look like old uh, vintage kind of light flexes. Yeah, these are the same. Yeah, although this new one's more silky. <laughs> And it's got a it's got a, like a flexible neck around the the contact area. Okay, but it doesn't seem to be that. It's this weird. It's the weird single like you know the gold plug-in bits on them. Yeah, They're, one of them goes black, doesn't it? And and I'm I don't know. I've never had a that with the fails. contacts. Uh. It's all the, it's um it's always been the actual cable itself that's failed for me. Pathetic, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Was that the uh, the single most boring post that I've ever or announcement? No, I'm sure there's some there's some cable nerds out there that are really excited by that. Yeah, cable nerds is a thing, right? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about it later. Okay, brilliant. Uh, what else is on your desk? What else are you uh, up to? Oh God, loads. Um, I got a postcard from Gosh because I popped in there at the weekend. Gosh Comics. Uh, yeah, I was avoiding going to Hamleys. Right, but I still had to go. Uh, went with the kids up to London um, to the Natural History Museum. Yeah, I went to the Natural History Museum, which was horrific, uh, a horrible, horrible experience. Um, Is that simply because it was so busy? Oh, the queues and yeah. the busyness. It was awful. Absolutely awful. Should have warned you, really. I'm not good with lots of people, so yeah. um, I, the, I really struggled. The best thing is to get there about an hour and a half before it opens. <laughs> Really, it was awful. Yeah. Um, and their, I thought the dinosaur exhibition exhibit thing was really dated. Um, well, yeah, it's been there a while, hasn't it? And I don't think it's they, they do much to it. I, I didn't enjoy it as much as our, our quick visit the other week. Yeah. But it was just from the sheer amount of people. Um, but the little ones absolutely loved it. Oh, that's good. Um, and they loved Hamleys and going to see the changing of the guards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was fabulous. The best bit was sitting at the front of a uh, double-decker bus going past <laughs> Big Ben. Sending you Although driving. Big Ben is under yeah. undercover. But yeah, well, that was good. A proper touristy weekend. My daughter has just arrived with a spaceship. Ah. What is this? I was building you a spaceship. Uh-huh. Sorry, Rob. That's all right. She's burst out of bed. Oh, that's okay. I mean, you know, spaceships are exciting. I bought her um, some Lego that's and... We've been building spaceships. Cool. What is on your desk? What is on my desk? A couple of books arrived this week. First arrived The World of Adina, which is a a Mobius Oh, I saw this in Gosh, and I nearly bought it. I didn't realise his art was like, it is Hergé-like, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. uh, There's a hint of kind of linear Claire about it. Um, So this, uh, The World of Adina started off as a small comic for Citroen to celebrate some anniversary. Um, And once he started this story with a couple of characters, he found he kind of couldn't stop. So it's a huge uh, story now, kind of science fiction story. Um, And it's got everything, spaceships, uh, monsters, weird people. And it's really, really beautiful. It's a, a Beautiful kind of book as well. Um, and then I also got The Art of Adina, which you'd think, how can you have the art of a comic book? It's just the comics. So it's sketches and character studies and associated 
little stories and paintings that he did of the same characters and um, kind of other bits and pieces. Um, so that also looks beautiful. Um, so falling down a, a Mobius rabbit hole this week. Uh, and I'm also reading a new bit of sci-fi from an author I haven't read before. And I think Jeremy Marshall might have tweeted about this book. Um, I know someone tweeted about it because I saw it in uh, uh, saw it online and thought, oh, that looks, I'm sure someone said that's good. It's Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky, who, despite his surname, is a, a British author. And it's uh, it's a fascinating, quite a hefty bit of sci-fi. Uh, spans several thousand years of a kind of post-human Earth and the remnants of humanity journey out to the stars to try and find a a new place to live and they find that their terraformed planet that they were expecting to live on has been claimed by someone else and it's really good it's uh, more than half the book is is told from the perspective of creatures rather than people so it's quite fascinating the way he's written it uh, that's a, so that's, what a brilliant story it's really uh, good a premise for a story yeah it's uh, it's great um, I've been finishing off a couple of commissions so kind of a big tentacly island one which I finally finished colouring uh, which I'm quite happy with it was there was a moment in the middle of it where I thought it was going to be a disaster um, yeah I've been in Shoreditch this week so commutes and dull work at the office. Um, and then I got uh, an email about a really exciting new project. Um, contract should be arriving shortly. and I got the first bit of the brief today. Um, so I can't say any more about it at the minute. Uh, but it's really exciting. I've shared a bit with you, obviously. But it's very exciting. Uh, and I'll be working alongside one of my very favourite illustrators. So um, I'm all kind of a, a quiver with with fanboy enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brilliant. <clears throat> um, so that's kind of been my week, uh, really. I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've literally just been working on this site uh, fifteen hours a day Ugh. for the last ten days. That's and, a, uh, Proper slog, that, isn't it? Yeah, I feel terrible. <laughs> but to alleviate that, I've been... What have I read? I, I, I picked up Tom Gold's Goliath, which was his... Actually, turns out to be... His, it, that was his first okay. uh, little mini novel that he produced. Yeah. Um, but it's been republished, and it's been be- it's beautifully made. Um, really nice book to pick up. I stole a comic book from Alids, uh, who's starting to get into comics. Well, when I say starting, he's starting to buy physical comic okay. books. He had the Judge Dredd Origins, which was, um, I, I, I hadn't read it, but it's all the original artists and story writers. Um, not so long ago wrote an origin story. Oh. Um, so it's like, what's the Estevez? Est- yeah. John Wagner. And it's kind of goes back to Carlos Square. That's it. Sorry. Uh, it goes back to when, um, Judge Dredd, where he came from. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's set out in the, uh, uh, what are they called? The Badlands or the yeah. 
the waste. Isn't that your clone of, of Judge Fargo? Yes. There you go. Name. Story done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very short comic. Or was he? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I've enjoyed that. Uh, and I'm reading, I'm in the second Felix Caster book that we've spoken about. Yep. I'm listening to the fourth Peter Grant audiobook. Which You've got a I'm lot loving. of uh, narrative uh, rattling around in your head, haven't you, at one time? Yeah, that's just to silence the real, the real <laughs> narrative. Uh, and just to make it really confused, I've been uh, lis- uh, watching um, bits of old Limmy's show. Uh, do you know Darth Limmy? Do you uh, remember? Uh, his yeah, I know of him. I've never. He's a genius or a madman or both. Um, yeah, but I love his. I love his programs. Um, and uh, I was watching. I watched the final of Only Connect. Now, I always talk about this. They had a brilliant word in there called, which was Mount Weasel. Have you ever heard of that word? Do you know? I think I have. Yeah, because what's the what's the what's the word for the maps that uh, they put fake roads in? Oh, like trap. We, trap streets, is it? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah. Mount Weasel's the same thing that publications put into their dictionaries and bibliographies okay. and all but, sorts of things. Purposely- that they put. Purposefully wrong facts, uh, but it was a it was a brilliant phrase. Um, yeah, Mount Weasel neologicism is it? Is that called? I don't know, but I like the sound of that. Should we get on to some news, or have cool. you got any? What have you been reading, listening, watching? Uh, talked about what I've been reading, but I today I listened to a new podcast uh, from Jake Parker, who we have uh, mentioned on the show quite a number of times. Uh, so he's got a new podcast out with Will Terry and uh, I can't remember the other guy. It might be Lee White. Uh, all three of them are illustrators, kind of children's book illustrators. Um, and they've got a podcast out called Three Point Perspective, and it is going to talk about illustration. So Will, T- Jake Parker on his YouTube channel often talks about kind of how to improve your art or kind of you know, what to do to be a better illustrator. Will Terry talks a lot about the kind of business of illustration on his YouTube channel. So they're kind of combining those two things about, you know, how to be a better illustrator, how to get work. Um, An episode two today that I listened to was about, uh, am I too old to get into illustration? Which I thought was uh, a fascinating topic because the previous episode (laughs) they'd been talking about people, uh, you know, kind of when, when, what's the average age that people get their first, you know, when they're doing their first kind of children's books and things. And they were saying, so, well, yeah, so 22, 23. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, So, yeah, today was much more interesting talking about are you too old? Um, I mean, I think maybe they said yes, but, um, it was interesting. There was a lot of good stuff in there. Little kind of oh, nuggets but, uh, of, uh, how, of How old is Jake Parker? He's, what is he? Barely 30. He'll be early 30s. Is old it? enough to have three or four kids. But but have spent their entire career in the internet age, yes. as it were. And, yeah. And it's just a completely different world. We, we, we have um, covered this before, but, you yeah. know, you, you had to go a traditional way. There's no other way beforehand to get your name out there was there Un- yeah. other than going through an agent or getting in with an agency blah 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 yeah but i think now, will and lee are a bit different i think they're a bit older certainly will is um he's probably mm. more my age it, so, sound, yeah. it sounds like a great show um yeah it's is interesting it, yeah is it quite on rails or is it um a scatter gun as no, maybe something like our website it's our, it's our it's uh it's not scripted but it's it is 
you know, they do have uh, quite a definite plan of where they're going. But, you know, it kind of it skewed off, which was quite nice. The little bits of chat. Between, there wasn't much uh, loose talk amongst them about stuff, but I guess it is only this. They've only done two episodes, so they're probably keeping things quite tight at the minute. Yeah, that's the, that's the good thing about a really successful podcast for me, or not successful ones, but ones that I really enjoy are off-the-cuff Mm. ramble chats rather than um a scripted radio show because it just becomes it just becomes too controlled for me i like i like the 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 punk the homemade nature of um of podcasts Uh, i I listened to a new one today um it's called relative paths and i'm only I'm, i'm i'm on a slack channel because that's the kind of guy i am aren't you just uh for my skinny jeans no i can't fit in them uh, no, I've only just found, I've only just stumbled across it. It's basically the, um, uh, community of the same content management system people right. that, that work with it and they have a shared, a shared chat thing. Um, so it's been quite helpful for, for help. I've only just joined it, but there's a, a guy on there called Mark Phoenix and he runs a podcast with someone called Ben Hutchings. And theirs is a podcast about web design, web development, music, and that kind of thing. So it, it's quite similar to ours in the yeah. fact that it talks <clears throat> around the subject rather than uh, directly, you know, just uh, is didactic and trying uh-huh. to teach you things. But they've had some, if you do work in the web community, they've had some seriously big names uh, interviews. Um, and their latest one is Jeremy Keith. Nope. Who is, uh, even you've probably never, have you ever heard of Jeremy Keith? No. No, but he is a really, really fascinating chap. Um, a, a bazooki player, a speaker, an author. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's in the web world. He's re- written quite a few books, but he's more about the thinking side of, of web and, and where technology takes us. And, um, yeah, he's a really, really clued up, interesting chap. So it's a really good episode to listen to. That's episode fifty-two. So, do you, um, do you think I could uh, listen to that with my? Yeah, I think you really would huge enjoy. Lack it. of knowledge of the web. Not really. They are even if they're talking. They're talking about something I had to look up, uh, which is service workers. I thought service workers were nurses, but it turns out that service workers. Um, there's a new way of working with the web where you can work offline. Right. So you can deliver a little file, you know, like cookies. Uh-huh. So you deliver a, a cookie onto somebody's um, uh, browser and you can then control what their browser does. So you could say if you don't have a an internet connection to a website, it will deliver and cache a version of their website before you've actually connected to their website. Wow. Isn't that clever? So yeah. it's kind of like a... Uh, so you can say that your website will deliver a, um, the normal website, b the cached website, if it can, because that will be quicker or C, if it can't get any connection, it will deliver this sort of lightweight version of whatever your website is. Oof. And this is going to be a huge growth in, uh, in internet, um, building, uh, the fact that you will have something that, you know, if you've got no mobile signal or whatever, yeah. you can still communicate your basic Ooh. premise i think for for things like emergency services and you know critical data cricket scores cricket scores <laughs> yeah so uh, is this another thing you're gonna have to learn john uh 
uh, yeah, it seems, uh, you know, it's beyond me. I, I got a nosebleed just listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then they go, then they do a music thing. Like we might do pies. They do music at the end of it. Anyway, cool. I'll shut up now. That's, I've gone about that far too long. I like it. Bit of news. Dealey Derbyshire. Yes. Uh, the, the mother of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. Uh, this isn't actually anything to do with her, but the BBC Sound Effects Department uh, has put their uh, archive online. So you can now browse, I think there are 16,000, there you go, 16,000 BBC Sound Effects uh, available for you to use under a, some kind of license. You can use them for personal, educational or research purposes. Uh, yeah, and just on page one, you've got a two-stroke petrol engine driving an elevator, uh, a single-cylinder petter engine, uh, an eight-millimeter projector running at 24 frames per second. Is there an arm being chopped off? Probably. General atmosphere in a busy machine shop with some indistinct speech. Oh, let's hear that one. We, we could just play that, couldn't we? If I play hmm. it, will it, will you hear it? Uh, but yes, so there's lots of uh, lots of stuff on there, so I think you should try and sneak some of them into... Um, we used to play those albums when I worked in a record shop. Yeah. Uh, in our price, we used to play them um, <laughs> as loud as we could possibly do, do the horror do the horror one. Yeah. Because you could buy them, couldn't Someone you? Someone chopping you the could cabbage. Buy the whole, yeah, it was yeah, chopping yeah. cabbage, loads of groaning and chain mm. rattling. Uh, it didn't go down too well with the manager, no, but sure. it was quite funny at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what else have you got? Well, Flickr uh, has been bought by Smug Mug. Ah, Smug Mug. I mean, from... From one bad name to a really, really bad name. Um, it's sad to see the demise of Flickr. Um, somebody this week was calling for uh, Apple to produce a an Instagram clone without advertising, which I would think it would be, might be a social media enterprise that they undertook that actually would be successful um, because they've got the photography, they've got the best cameras. Mm. Um, why don't they do that? I, I think that would be a brilliant idea. They've just been Flickr, very Flickr bad is... at anything social online, haven't they? Yeah. Remember, what was it, Ping they had? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's the whole privacy thing. But the thing about Instagram is, well, the original version of Instagram that was so appealing about it was it was just here's a feed of photos, here's a person you might like to follow, that's it. Yeah. And it's turned into... A disaster, if you ask me. It is a total disaster now, that app. Um, but Strong it, words, Jonathan. Yeah, I just, it's all about stories, and I'm just not interested in mm. watching lame videos. Um, the, the, the reason that I picked up on the Flickr one is that that was really was the home of uh, photography maybe five, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's really been in the doldrums. Um, I don't know what smug mug are going to do with it. Um, but it's, I'm glad that it's away from the disaster that is Yahoo, but whether it will become a good home to store your photos on or whether it's, you know, the boat has sailed on that. Yeah. I don't to be seen. really know anything about Smug Mug apart from the odd bit I've seen regarding this news item. I know that it's a, a family run business and they've got quite a nice reputation amongst photographers, but um, I do know that Flickr is an order of magnitude bigger than Smug muck. So mm. how are they gonna gonna deal with that? Um I don't know. But yeah, it is a god awful name. 
going from awful to uh, to worse, the WhatsApp founder has quit Facebook over privacy disagreements with Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> His, uh, you know, Facebook trying to deliver messaging systems that are possibly not going to be encrypted um, end-to-end uh, as opposed to WhatsApp, which is, you know, that's its whole, the yes. whole the secret of its success is that it yeah. is encrypted. Um, Facebook just goes from bad to worse, doesn't it, really? Yes, it does. Um, it's still not on my phone. I can't say I've missed it, to be honest. I came across, and I don't know where I came across this, uh, another lovely photo essay from the New York Times. Um, and they've done a few of these beautiful things, and they put them together really beautifully on the web. Uh, and it is uh, six months ago, a conservancy... Conservancy official cleaning out an empty office came across two cardboard boxes that had been sitting around for decades. Inside were 2,924 colour slides. Pictures made in parks across New York City's five boroughs late in the summer of 1978 and no one had looked at them for 40 years. Apparently there's some strike on, uh, so they kind of got shelved. Um, but uh, I say it's really beautiful, but it's not actually working in my browser now. It worked perfectly on my phone earlier. Um, oh, here we go. Um, but the photographs are absolutely beautiful. You know, they've got that kind of 70s luster about them uh, and the grain. Uh, and they're just beautiful. They, you know, they capture that time perfectly. And it's, I love looking at these things. It also shows kind of what a mess New York City was in the 70s. If you think that photography is of the now, then this disproves that because the life in them and the the sense of blur in in these snaps because they're not are these just casual shots? No, they were staff photographers. <clears throat> I think they were taken by five staff photographers a couple of weeks. I think, but yeah, they they set out to capture the kind of real New York. Um, so there's nothing posed or staged about any of these photographs. I think, yeah, and they're not all sharp, are they? Um, no. They're not entirely in focus all the time. But that just adds to the, re- the the lovely realism about them. I think there's a lovely summer feel to those yeah. shots. So often summers, it's hard to take good photos, isn't it, because of the, the high contrast of the light. Absolutely. They look great. Next field trip. Um, yes. I'm going to put this to you. Uh, Thought Bubble has announced its lineup this year. Up in uh, Leeds. Thought, Thought Bubble being a sort of comic and illustration uh, conference. Yep. Um, I wondered if you want to think about whether Ooh. that would be an interesting place to go. Well, I've been weekend. meaning to go to Thought Bubble for a good three or four years. Yeah, so. well, I'm putting you li- live on the spot here, but yeah. um, I would I would really like to go. Well, so, if, uh, if calendars and things uh, work, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's on a, uh, September the 22nd to the 23rd is the main event, but it's on from the 17th onwards. I don't know what people are doing before. Um, if it is a lot of people dressed as um, furries or whatever they are on the 22nd and 23rd, then can, right. we go, can we go before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some good people there. It's just, it just shows you the wealth of, uh, of indie and mainstream comic making mm. going on at the moment. In the UK, it's great to see. The main topic this week is we're going to go back to, we've already spoken about this, but we're going to have a catch up with tools of the trade. Um, not us. What? No, not us. 
<laughs> no. But um, things that we use every day that help us do our work, um, they can be apps or physical objects. Yeah. One of my ways of organizing myself uh, when I'm at my desk uh, is the use of post-it notes. So I've scribbled down some items <sighs> on uh, <laughs> on some orange, obviously, uh, post-it notes. You're joking. Yeah. I have to say, um, I'm feeling terribly disorganized at the moment. I've got my desk is absolutely surrounded by clutter. I've got books and pads and pencils and pens, half-finished drawings and sketchbooks and scraps of paper and boxes and just all sorts. So I, I've got my, my desk in front of me is, is kind of reasonably clear, but everything around me where I normally put stuff is just precariously heaped. So I'm not feeling particularly organised. Generally, what I'm and the other thing that, that bothers me from an organisational point of view is in terms of commissions, um, people contact me you know, through Facebook, through email, through Instagram, and through Twitter. Um, and I just, I still haven't really sussed a good way to, you know, make all that work. Um, so what I tend to do, and it's very uh, clunky, is I use the Notes app in, uh, on the Mac and just write down all my commissions as I approve them and I get payment in the commissions going uh, the name what the commission is maybe a brief description if it's complex the address of where they're going to how much they've paid and a date they've paid so I kind of know how long I've got to do it um, and I'd say that is my number one organisational thing the notes app because obviously it syncs from the Mac to your phone so I can, you know, I can always access it, and I can always kind of look what, you know, what I've got to work on. Um, but it's not, you know, there's nothing slick about it. It doesn't draw information from anywhere else. At least not the way I use it. Um, yeah, you know, I have to add everything manually, but it kind of does a job at the minute. Um, so yeah, that's my kind of first point of call in terms of how I work. And how do you triage the incoming stuff? You just do it all manually. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not inundated. Um, it goes in little spits, so you know, I do sometimes get slightly overwhelmed if I've posted uh, or tweeted about, you know, I'm available for commissions. That sometimes gets a bit crazy, but generally, it's you know, I'm getting a few messages a week, so I can kind of deal with everything. Um, it's just if quite often people will inquire about something, I'll get back to them, and then it'll be weeks before they reply. Or so it's very difficult to kind of treat, keep track of things. Um, but I don't really see any way around that. I could just, you know, automatically reply to everyone that messaged me and just say email me, which I guess would would do the job. Um, yeah. Yeah, why don't you do that then? Maybe I should. Just doesn't seem very friendly. <laughs> well, um, I'm not friendly. <laughs> um, I know that. 
yeah, so organization is is the biggest bugbear of most people's existence, isn't mm-hmm. it? Unless you're, unless you're working in a studio where everything is uh, organized for you or you're doing it all day, every day, it can be a real, real problem. I know that um, Mike Sullivan that we are going to get on the show next, he says that he takes off Monday. So his, well, he doesn't take it off, but he only designs Tuesday to Friday. And so that leaves Monday for admin. Um, okay. Whatever that might do, and that that uh, that's one approach, isn't it? It's 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 hard for me to do that because I get so many demands on my time in terms of deadlines that I can't always say Monday's not possible. You know, it's impossible for me to to respond on a Monday. But the thing is that I suppose it works the other way around, does it? It's very all very well not doing any design on Monday so you can do your admin, but I don't suppose he doesn't answer his emails Tuesday to Friday, does he? No, it'd be, so. it would be impossible. Um, so I, I've got like a series of, of different levels of apps. And one, one of them is, is things three, which is a list making application. Mm-hmm. That's probably my primary one. Now, uh, I, I've only, I'm, I'm only recent convert to it. So it's only been since version three came out and I tried every single other iteration that you could imagine of, of list making tools. Yeah. Uh, this one has really, um, I don't even think about it. So I think that's the kind of, that's a winner for me. I'm not thinking about how it works or how to use its capabilities because it's so simple. All it does is it allows you to make a list, assign that list to uh, another a sort of a group of lists, so mm-hmm. a project as it were. Um, and it will remind you. So it syncs with reminders. So, okay. uh, and any reminders that you have can also be synced into it. But the cool thing about it is that in, in email, you can then assign an email to a thing. So you can say, right, this email here has got to be done on Thursday and I want a reminder for it. And here's the title. And that then turns into uh, a, uh, a, to-do, a, a to-do list. So, for example, I get an email from a client asking me to create a, a new logo block for a um a presentation or a, a an email signature or something like something as awful as that, which I get a lot of requests for. Um, I can then just assign that email to things. It then appears in things and it will pop up on the day that I know I'm meant to do it. Okay. Um, but what's really cool is it threads back to the email. So I don't have to remember where the email is. So I click on the to-do list and uh, the email's inside that's the nice. to-do. It's a really, really cool little system, and it's transformed the way I, w- I work, really, because before I was always shuffling backwards and forwards, searching between emails and threads and all sorts of things. Searching for emails is a nightmare, isn't it? Well, especially if you've had three or four emails um, on the same subject. You're not quite sure where anything is and yeah, where exactly. it's all buried. Um, and uh, But that's all it does, so that's really cool. And, and it does have its own syncing system, which is really good really you know i haven't had one failure or duplication mm. in this i i think i started using it late last year so um yeah dead dead pleased with that um if it's a larger project then i use basecamp i have one ongoing project that i work with somebody else and we share that and that works it's getting better and better and it, it is really good at but it's a bit too much for for yeah. most things and and a lot of clients don't like using it um and then, then there's Dropbox Paper, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, using. I love love using that. Uh, obviously, uh, people we've heard us talk before about using that for the for our kind of prep for the show. 
Yeah. It's, uh, it's just really nice and easy to use. Yeah, it's like creating a li- live little web page, isn't it? Yeah. You can chunk things out, move them around, add images and all sorts of things really, really simply. And because it integrates with Dropbox, I think if you were, u- I haven't used it for any live projects, but I think if you were linking to files and things like that for a client, it would be really, really mm. quite useful. Yeah. So I need to try that in the future. Um, and then the other one is Notes. I think it's a, a brilliant app. Yeah. Uh, I wish it did Markdown, something like that, as as I did base do Basecamp because I like writing in that. But other than that, it's it's fantastic. It always syncs. Um, you can put anything you like in it. Uh, I do my shopping lists. It is very real. Yeah, I do as well. It's very robust in terms of its syncing, isn't it? Unlike uh, yeah. many Apple apps. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the the th- the great thing about it is it's just a list, and it just allows you to i mean most people just you know i have on my desk a notepad with a list on it and mm-hmm. that's the way i i do things and I, i've got a dry wipe on the wall that i like you know when i'm organized i i have filled out but um at the moment i don't because i'm just too busy yeah. but um uh the, the 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 thing that started this conversation was something who sent this in was it you who suggested it or some no somebody on the pod uh on the North v South Twitter feed, didn't they? They said we needed to talk about bullet journals. Hmm. Uh, it's because I took a photograph of a chap on the train who had uh, a MacBook. Right. And on his MacBook, he had a Apple Bluetooth keyboard. Right. Uh, so he was using the trackpad and then typing on the keyboard. And I jokingly tweeted saying this looks a bit redundant to me. And I got dozens and dozens of replies basically saying, well, his keyboard must be broken on his laptop. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but someone else noticed that someone else in the photograph had a journal. Oh, my pie is incoming. Thank you, dear. Oh, my timer didn't go off. <laughs> uh, you remember John Carpenter's The Thing? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The timer didn't go off. I see. Apparently the timer didn't go off. Uh, It's exploded. Uh, Anyway, uh, so yes, someone else in the photograph was, uh, had a a phone and a a journal. And someone said, oh, it looks like she's bullet journaling. And you and I were both, huh? And then someone sent us a link to bullet journal, which was, uh, just looks like, that someone's tried to reverse engineer a to-do list app, but to be analog, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a bizarre thing. I, um, I don't understand. I don't profess what, to understand it at all. Uh, but I, I mentioned this to Jessica Marwave yeah. uh, tonight, <laughs> and she, more of that, please. <laughs> she, um, she's she's trying out the bullet journal. Ah. Yeah, well, she loves a bit of washi tape and all that. So basically, it's it's lists in a journal, but you can add kind of uh, sort of signifiers or modifiers in little bits of code, can't you, to a, a thing that, what, you that know, specifies what kind of a thing it is, whether it's a task or a, a date or a whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a notebook. Like, you have a list, you cross out the list when it's done, and then you rewrite the list the next day, wow. surely. Because if it's a daily journal of some sort, 
then you're going to have to turn the page at some point. So how do you carry that data on to the next you page? you number the pages and you can refer back to pages in, a, in an index. Really? Yeah. That's what computers are for. I know. Um, Still, they'll be laughing when the uh, corona when, mass ejection no, uh, beca- destroys no, all the silicon. No, because we'll have our um, offline websites oh, that, uh, that print onto wood textures. Um, will there will there be that much to do? Will you have to bullet journal in the, uh, in, the in the wastes? <laughs> uh, maybe, um, yeah. Uh, uh, so okay, so that's how we we deal with uh, with with kind of organising ourselves. So what are your when you're actually working? What are you doing? What are you doing it with? What are well, I'm sitting at a computer most of the time, uh, sadly. Uh, I would love to say that I'm hunched over a light box or, um, you know, sucking, sucking the end of a, of a, a not what am I talking <laughs> You need to clarify that and end that sentence quickly. Of a pencil and Good. staring Good. into the distance. Pencil. I'm going to put a note in there. Pencil sucking. <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my work is, is, 90% on the computer, increasingly so. Uh, and I feel like I'm being sucked into the computer. Uh, and it's really, I'm really not finding it a very ha- uh, a happy place to be at the moment. Hmm. But um, on the computer, things that I use, I think sometimes it's the small, you know, everybody uses, well, all designers use Photoshop and Illustrator and all bits and bobs like that. But it's sometimes the little tiny tools, the little apps that really uh help you mm-hmm. and speed speed things up so one that i found recently that i really really like is called magnet um i don't know if i've spoken about it on doesn't ring a bell uh it's a tiny little uh, menu item and it, it's uh i think it's free um but basically it splits your work it's it's like i don't know what they call it workspaces or whatever mm-hmm. apple do on spaces Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Um, this is brilliant. So when you pick up a window and move it towards the edge of the screen, it shows you ghosts of where you can lock that screen to. Oh, so that sounds good. It's so good. So you can drag, like, I can have my code in bottom left-hand corner. I can have a preview screen uh, top left, and it chunks out the screen for you automatically. It's really, really cool. And it's one of those apps that's completely seamless. It doesn't, you don't think about, you don't need to learn how to use it or anything. Oh, I absolutely you. love the sound of that. It's uh, a five-star app. It really is cool. absolutely brilliant. It's called Magnet. Um, so that I've really has, you know, the shuffling of windows can take a long time to get through sometimes. kind of yeah. can become very frustrating. Um uh, a tool that I'm using in conjunction with that is, um, and this is again, I think Mike Sullivan recommended this, but um, he's been banging on about XD, uh, Adobe XD being a brilliant yeah. prototyping tool for web. And um, I have to say, I totally agree with him now. I've gone back to it. I absolutely love it. I don't do any of the kind of connections or animation stuff. I just um, build, uh, you know, almost like keynote or PowerPoint yeah. slides Um and it does ev- almost everything that I need it to do. But then it syncs with this thing called Zeppelin. Um, don't know if you've heard of that app. It's, no. it's, it's an app um, that's kind of a, um, it's it's almost like a bridging tool between developers and designers. And because I'm both, um, I didn't think it would Show be off. very useful. But because what it does is it will take your design from XD 
and then it will create um, groups of almost like assets from from that file. So it creates like a color asset page. So it takes all of the colors from your from your design and turns them into RGB or HTML okay. hex numbers. Uh, it will then take all your typography and turn it into CSS um, so that you've got like a naming structure for your headings and stuff. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you can then copy and paste. So you just literally click text and it co- sends it to your clipboard so that you can paste yeah. that into HTML pages. Okay. So it's a really, really good time saver. And it's for, again, it's for one project, which is kind of like how I work one at a time. Um, it's free at the moment. Hmm. Good. So it sounds like very much the sort of thing that would, you know, benefit coding. I think for teams, yeah, it would be, it it could be really, really powerful. But uh, for me, I found it really useful just to speed up copying and pasting colors, you know, because writing out uh, RGB colors is not the best use of my time. Or maybe it is. But anyway, yeah, so that's that's the new stuff that I've been using. I've been using uh, CSS Grid on this new project. So I'm learning that as well, which is mind-numbingly uh, complicated. See, I don't know if I'd, I I would be able to learn, you know, all these different tools that you need to use to kind of stay current or to improve your workflow and to kind of get my head around the job I'm supposed to be doing. Well, that's it. That's it. It's, it's like how much of this does ha- hampers your creativity, and is that why we're now in a world of corporate-looking websites? Mm. You know, uh, I mean, you know, in back in the day when it was Flash, if you wanted to do anything off the wall, um, and you could do anything you like, we saw a lot of websites. We didn't yeah. see very usable websites, but we saw a lot of creativity, didn't we? And a lot of yeah. merging of animation and stuff. Now we've just got this flat-looking. Uh, website world, which is, I mean, sure, it's very usable and very easy, but it's pretty boring. Mm. Um, my last one, can I do my last one? Yeah. A yeah. really good app called, um, I think it's by Marco Arment, who made the Overcast app. If you use podcasts, it's a good one for iOS. Yeah. Um, and it's called Forecast. And it's really simple and does one thing. You can, um, ec- you can import a, uh, an MP3 or a WAV file if you're making a podcast and you can add artwork and um, it will import chapters and export it as an MP3, um, which sounds like a simple thing to do. But even from something like Audition, which is Adobe's um, audio app, that's re- it's, it's really quite com- complicated and clunky. This just prepares an all automatically compressed mono file that you can use to upload to your podcast app. Mm. Really cool, really cool little app. Sounds good. Yeah, you're very digital. Am I? Yes, you are. Um, kind of nothing that I use that I think is, um, uh, you know, stuff that I can't do without. Um, is uh, is is digital? Really? It's all kind of little analog bits and pieces. But I guess that reflects the kind of work I do and the, the work that you do. Um, so I've talked before about kind of all uh, the different types of pens I use, all the Copic multiliners and the Copic markers and my kind of Blackwing pencils and stuff. Uh, and I was thinking about that on the way home tonight, knowing that we were going to talk about this on the podcast. And I realised that the pen I use more than anything else 
And in some ways is more important than all those pens because it's the one that I use to come up with ideas and to write little notes. Is is one of the cheapest pens you can get, and it's a little Stabilo 0.88. You know the ones, the little hexagonal barreled orange pens, little felt tips. Right. But the, the reason that's so good, I think, is because it's so quick, and it sounds silly, so quick to write with because the ink's just instant and there's, you don't need any pressure, so it's, you can kind of sketch or write or make notes for kind of long periods of time without your hands starting to ache because you've been doing so much writing. So it's a really silly little thing. But that is one of the most important tools that I have. It's like the cheapest pen. Well, how about the... I think last time we did this, you didn't have a light box and you've subsequently got one. And how useful have you found that? Incredibly. That was that's next on my list, John. Oh, uh, so sorry. I've got a, an LED Mini Sun light box, which are just kind of bafflingly cheap. Um, I've got an A3 one, and it's they're like thirty quid or something. Um, they're super bright, and they don't get hot, and they're incredible. Uh, but it's really changed my workflow because I used to sketch and then trace, and then turn the picture over and retrace, and then turn it back and scribble over it. You know, kind of really old-fashioned way of doing it. Or I'd trace and scan and tweak things in Photoshop, and then I'd print it out and sketch over it again. But with um, a light box, I can do kind of 90% of that just, you know, without doing anything else. I can just kind of sketch and trace bits and kind of resketch, and uh it makes the process of kind of coming up with ideas and getting to uh you know from a, a thumbnail and then kind of scaling that up into a, a layout that i'm you know ready to ink it must have cut the, the time by i don't know 75 percent so it's really changed the way i work um and i love my light and what do you think your next step is? Do you think you'll ever go purely digital, or is I part keep, of you? I keep toying with it, and I still can't get over the the. F- Even though I've got one of these kind of textured screen protectors on the the iPad, there's just something about. I don't know. I, I just don't have enough control over over the marks that it makes. You know, with a pencil, I can make. You know. Two different, two dozen different marks, just sort of by altering the pressure or the the way I'm holding the pencil, kind of instantly. Um, and maybe it's just that I'm not used to using digital tools, and I'm not good enough at using them. But you know, I'm so far away from being able to kind of replicate that level of control that I have with a pencil digitally. That you know, it's it's a huge step for me to kind of keep doing it but I do you know there's a there's always a point in drawings where I think oh, this would be be really nice to do this digitally um, so I, I you know it does keep nagging at me so I'm sure it will get there I was because uh, I've always been um, I've always I've found I love I love the iPad and I love um, the pencil but you're right there, there is a disconnect between um, the the tappy tappy feel and 
the fact that you're um, pushing graphite onto something that's the, that it's absorbing into. Um, I was up at um, uh, Allard's at the weekend, and I didn't realise, but he's got a, a Cintiq twenty four inch, oh. no bigger than that, twenty. Yeah, it's, no, it's not the new new model, but it's the one before. But it, okay. anyway, it's it's astonishing. <laughs> it is astonishing. I was blown away by the quality of the um, of the the unit and the screen and the pen. Um, you, even on a, a, a top quality Cintiq, isn't there more lag and more distance between, more kind of parallax than there is on an iPad Pro? Well, there is, but they, they, they've got a brand new one out um, that came out last month um, and they've already sold out of them. But um, this one is, uh, almost, they've done the bonded glass thing on it. Okay. It's got um, an etched matte surface to yeah, it. That does sound good. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, interested (laughs) because i think um for me um uh, an extra screen is always handy um it's a very expensive extra screen yeah but you can do a whole lot more with the touch one you can do um video editing and um all sorts of bits and bobs Mm. that i'm interested but anyway it was just the sort of you know it was in it was great to see that wacom haven't stood still they're not this you know they're not standing letting Apple. Well, they're, they're under a lot of competition, and it's not just Apple. It's, um, you know, you see lots of illustrators and comic artists are using um, brands that you've never heard of. Um, yeah, there's kind of loads Wacom of style stuff, yeah. Cintiq style stuff, you know, coming out of China and Korea. And a lot of the time, you know, they're, they're perfectly comfortable with them. Mm. I mean, Apple are definitely eating into Wacom's thing because, you know, you also see a lot of people saying I've given up my Cintiq, I'm doing all my work on an iPad Pro now. Yeah, I, I've read a lot of that, but then I've read, you know, actually if you want to get involved in the big apps and you also want a large a large enough screen to really draw at 100% without yes. zooming in, then you need that 24 or 27-inch yeah, screen. Um, so I've heard a lot of people, you know, they do this, their thumbnails and sketches on the iPad because it's mm. a better drawing experience in terms of, not necessarily the bite, but because the pen is almost, you know, it's only yeah. molecules away from the surface of where you're mm. drawing, that that feels like a better a better experience. But actually the Cintiq is a much more accurate one. Do, yeah. Does that make sense? You know, yeah, in yeah, terms absolutely. of like, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to, to know that all we're trying to do is get towards a piece of paper and a pen with yeah. all this money and technology. Uh, that, That's why you know, I for tend to stick to a paper and a But y- the edit, you can't, you can't deny the, the speed of editing. If you say that just a light box, yeah. but sped up your process by 70% what would digital do. Yeah. You know, being able to undo strokes if you're not happy with it or. But then a lot colors. of the stuff that I think I like about my little drawings Maybe I'd undo those lines, yeah, and you know I'd be left with something sort of sterile. Um, whereas you know, kind of finding your way with the pen and that mark being permanent, and you know, molding those initial lines into something that that works um, is something I love. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I agree. Mm. So, any other tools that you that you? Yeah, You're loving at the moment. No, it's just a pen. So you've got a pen and a light box. Pen. I just draw straight on the light box. 
So what, what paper. paper do you use for your drawing uh, well, so I'm, I can become a genius like you? Yeah, that's what pen. <laughs> you have to ask what pen. Uh, no, I, um, I'm still a moleskin person. Oh, i tell right. you what I did buy the other day. I bought it from a hardware shop. So, uh, cum Easy sharpeners. Cum sharpeners, John. Yeah. We've talked about cum sharpeners Come by. And I've fallen out of love with them. Really? Because I'm on my second one. And I find that after you've used them for a while, I don't know if it's the blade just gets a little dull, but it, they just start constantly taking the tip of the pencil point off. Right. Which, you know, is incredibly annoying. So I was using just a bog standard pencil sharpener, and then I went back to using a scalpel, which kind of gets you by far the best point. But if you're doing quite a lot of drawing, sharpening your pencils with a scalpel is quite time-consuming, So, which is why I went back to just a norm. No, it really is. Uh, which is why I went back to just a norm pencil sharpener. But uh, So I was in the hardware shop buying something the other day, and I noticed they had little sanding blocks. Right. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's like a little foam block wrapped around with fine sandpaper, and it sits on my desk. So I sharpen my pencils in whatever way I want. But that, I can just use that for like two seconds to keep the point on my pencil. <laughs> and it's so, Don't perfect. you post yours off to somewhere in Oregon no, for it to be hand sharpened? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so but a, sand- a sanding block, a little sanding a pen... Block. And a light box. Yeah. That's your technology. And a moleskin. Good, good. Yeah, that's it. So when the grid goes down, I'm absolutely screwed, aren't I? Yeah, well, I'll be fine. Although I've um, I've got tomorrow a delivery of... Um, a generator. MOT1 uh, hardcore, um, some, some sharp sand, some cement, and some coach bolts. So there we go. That's, that's the ultimate off-grid tool, tool isn't set, isn't it? What are you building? Uh, a raised patio area. Uh, and I'm not saying what I'm burying underneath it. No, that's not. Does Jess still listen to this? <laughs> uh, are we going to do a website of the week or skip it? Uh, you can do yours, I have all. All right. Mine is, uh, somebody tweeted this yesterday, at Hedgecutterman on Twitter. Uh, it's a lovely and inspirational story. A chap called Tim Bush which is the amazing name for this. Uh, He is offering his services. If you donate some money towards his charity of choice, which is HFT, his sister, I think has down syndrome and these, um, uh, this charity look after people with these, um, disabilities and he will come and cut your bush for you. He is a, He's an architect by day <laughs> and a bush trimmer by night. Marvelous. So he, he will uh, he will come and do topiary uh, shrubbery. We're talking about yeah shrubbery. Yeah. Uh, his name is Tim Bush. He does um, he specializes in elephant shapes, but he'll do any other shapes. Lovely, uh, isn't that a wonderful? It is thing to spend your spare that's, time doing. That's fab. Well done, hedge cutter man, and yeah. uh, and hopefully it's an inspiration to somebody to do something in the community that is a wonderful thing. Love it. Love it. Uh, so I haven't got a website of the week, so we're on to pies. Right. Uh, what have you got, John? I've got a Sainsbury's Taste the Difference Tangy and Succulent Mini Bramley Apple Topped Pork Pie. Blimey. Uh, it's a, it's a basically a little mini pork pie with yeah. apple sauce on the top. I'm going in. Good luck. Well, it's gone in in one hit. <laughs> 
Mm. It tastes like roast pork. It's not unpleasant. No? It's a perfect mini pork pie, actually. That's all right. Apple, apple sounds disgusting, but it it's actually really nice. Bit of moisture. I'm going to give that a seven. Jeez, that's good. Mm. Uh, I have got a, also from Sainsbury's, uh, I can't find it now. The Sainsbury's steak, mushroom, and red wine pie in puff pastry, uh, which did spend a little too long in the oven, so it's exploded. I just sent you a picture uh, my exploded pie. Um, it's very uh, oh, wow. puff pastry top. It doesn't really taste of wine. No, it doesn't taste of red wine at all. Um, it's all right. It's um, yeah, it's a, it's a good solid steak and mushroom pie. The meat's reasonably succulent. The pastry's quite nice. Um, actually, tastes a tiny bit under seasoned, but, um, but not bad. It'll get a six. Jolly good. Wow. So, what does the weekend hold for you, Rob? Well, I'm not at work tomorrow. I'm over Guildford Way. I'm going to be setting up a wedding. And then Saturday, Steph and I are both working on a wedding locally. Uh, don't know what we'll be doing for the bank holiday. And then I'm back at work on Tuesday. And then my parents are down for a few days. Um, or up, actually, because they're going to be in Chichester um, visiting some friends. And then they're coming up to see us for four or five days, I think. Um, we're going to go to Q, who've just opened, reopened their... Uh, Temperate House. After five years, I didn't realise it had been closed for five years. Right. Uh, so they've done a massive, I don't know, fifty million pound refurb on it. Why? So that'd be good. What about you? Um, I'm building a patio. Yes, of course. And then um, I'm working Monday. Okay. Too much well, work. Good luck with the website, Jonathan. Thank you. Have a lovely weekend. Yes, and we might have to reconvene uh, in two weeks again because my parents will be here. So unless okay. I can, I might slip them a fiver and tell them to go out to the cinema. <laughs> um, if not, it'll be the week after. Okay. Brilliant. All right. Great to talk to you, John. You too. Enjoyed tonight. Too. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hello. Bye. Bye.